it's like no matter what you do, there's always going to be like pissed off Chiefs fans about any sort of minor anything that's trendy. Like there's half the population like, if I have to hear Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey talk one more time, I'm going to Royals podcast. And now there's people that are like, it's a disgrace to call this a flu game against Denver. We're now joined by Josh Klingler, who is host of Fesco in the Morning and Chiefs Radio Network sideline reporter. Let's just get into it. Uh, Kling, the report comes out. The man had his fever that spiked last night. He's battling the flu. Uh, nothing to be concerned about, right? He's playing. There's nothing else to really have any issue with. Why not stack one more thing on you his know? floor? You know, <laughs> like, okay, there's snow. We know he's great in the snow. Uh, now he's got flu. We'll see how, how that goes. So, I mean, they're, they're upfront about it. They're following the rules, right? You're supposed to, you know, you could probably hide it and, and declare it later, but right. I guess at least they're upfront about it. But yeah, I mean, we all know it's pretty hard to pull him out of a game, but um, the weather's not great and he's not feeling well. So uh, maybe that adds another dimension to this game. I, I, I got the feeling we're all going to be just laughing later because he's going to play great. Right. Yeah, I mean that's what I'm thinking. I mean, I, I I try to tell people early and often if you're if you're gonna do a parlay, man, just go ahead and pad those. Do the Patrick Mahomes one. Do the over in rushing yards because I can already hear Kevin Harlan now. Like he's got the flu and it doesn't matter. It's like all right, congratulations. <laughs> like here yeah. we go. Like it's just yeah. you know you you've been doing this a lot longer than I have in radio. Why why does something so minute, you know? Why does something so minute like this? Like it's like it, there's people on the text line already. Like, I'm reading it to you verbatim. Like this is embarrassing. We're calling the flu game. What a disgrace to call this a flu. Like let us have our fun. We've never seen it before. I just retweeted a fantastic meme of <laughs> Jordan and Pippen and Kelsey's face and Patrick Mahomes face on it that someone put it out. I thought that was outstanding. I thought it was hilarious. So yeah, uh, I don't know. People just get angry about just about everything these days. So um, yeah, if it's not, you know, it takes the heat off the wide receivers, I guess, for a minute. <laughs> yeah. So the other storyline, uh, and then I guess we'll get into what is actually a football game. Um, the weather out there is it? Uh, mm-hmm. Is it frightening? Is it just typical mountain weather? I mean, I know it's obviously a little early. I've seen reports it's the most snow that Denver's seen as their first snow, which is funny. They have a first anytime snow uh, on DraftKings, but it says the most <laughs> since, uh, since 1985. Uh, what's the scene out there in uh, in the lovely in the lovely city of Denver, Colorado? Yeah, congratulations to someone in Loveland. They won a snowblower today, courtesy <laughs> of their local television. Yeah, uh, local television weatherman who, by predicting the the date of the first snow. Yeah, we get a um, necklace. Yeah, no, it was it was snowing really heavy when we got in yesterday. It is pretty much continued, and um, they were – I'd sent out a video earlier, and they were kind of clearing off the tarp, and they'd taken a bunch of snow off the field. And since we got here, it is uh, – the snow has picked up tremendously. And so not a lot of wind right now. I think that would be more of a factor probably than the, than the snow coming down. But the snow has been pretty heavy. But, yeah, it feels like December 31st or whatever as opposed <laughs> to the end of October – uh, for sure. It looks the part, though. I mean, it just looks like Denver. I mean, yeah. it just it happens to be uh, October. And then looking at their long-range forecast, not that it matters to any of us, but it's going to be like 65 on Friday, you know? Oh, perfect. <laughs> so, yeah, it's going to snow a bunch and then and then get out of here. So, I think that as long as the wind doesn't start whipping up, um, I don't think it'll be a tremendous factor. But the tarp remains on the field right now. I'm guessing they'll they'll have that down as long as possible, as long as it's, you know, snowing as heavy as it seems to be right now. Pretty frigid there? Is it, uh, you know... Is it, is it just like a typical, like brisk air? 
Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's low 20s, so yeah, below freezing. But again, without the wind, I think everybody would catch a break. If it starts to starts to kind of blow through the stadium, it'll be much, much colder. But again, I'm trying to – I'm telling myself warm thoughts, Dusty. It may be self-preservation <laughs> yeah, as much no, as anything. No chest hair breathing this week on the sideline, that's <laughs> no, for sure. Definitely, definitely ice not. crystals on that thing, you know? Um, so, the uh, frozen, frozen snot rockets, right? Oh, yeah. boy, yeah. yeah. You don't want those. Uh, so um, – this game, it, it would appear, right, that uh, that Rasheed Rice is really starting to come into his own. Uh, Mahomes, obviously, we're not worried about throwing the ball, but um, it, it seems like the duo of Rasheed Rice, Travis Kelsey, really kind of opens the floor for the rest of the offense, whereas, you know, at the beginning of the year, we were saying, hey, it's Canarius, Tony, and Sky Moore, and after that, we're going to see where we go, but now it really does appear that it is uh, Rasheed Rice, Travis Kelsey, and then everything else seems to follow suit. Yeah, I think so. And I, are we okay with that? I feel like we are. We should be that as long as they're spreading the football around and they're, you know, continuing to kind of find that open guy away from those two, uh, we should be in, in pretty good shape. I feel now ball security will be an issue today too, with, uh, with the snow and the wet and what have you. And yeah. I think that's another test for rice specifically had those early drops, you know, early in the season, but um, especially when he runs up the field, and, you know, we'll absorb some contact. You got to hold on to the football today. So that that's another dynamic of the weather that's that's thrown in with, I think, specifically this offense. And then we'll see if the defense on the other side can can pop that ball loose because that right. could could make this game, um, you know, either one sided or keep another team in it. Um, I think you got to protect the football today when the conditions are as they are right now. Is this I mean, I predicting what this offense is going to do. Is is trying to look into the crystal ball and actually get one thing right. Uh, is this does this game kind of scream like a like a Pacheco McKinnon sort of shared backfield type of game and just try to like control the momentum of the ball? You know, just kind of stay on the B side of the B game plan of the playbook. You don't really need to do a whole lot of special things considering. The last time you played this team, it was sixteen zero for three and a half quarters. You you nailed it. The guessing of it is I I don't I don't know right. You'd think. Grounded pound today. Don't mess with it. But they'll probably throw it as much as they ever throw it. I don't think it ever. I don't think that their offense is ever dictated by by weather, or sometimes probably by what the opposition is doing. I'm not to say that they don't game plan against it, but right. um, it's kind of like we do what we do, and you try to stop it. So yeah, I mean, where where you'd say, oh, these conditions are weird. You're not going to be able to throw. Well, they're probably going to throw it all over the yard again. And right. again, I think if the wind isn't a factor. And it's not right now. Like it's it's the snow's coming down heavy, but the the flags on the on the goalposts aren't moving. So uh, the the winds aren't swirling, and it doesn't look like a, other than the grip uh, would be a difficult day to necessarily throw. I, I feel like it'll be offense as usual. You know, throw in the the sickness dynamic, and right. you know I gotta think that they've got him pumped full of fluids, and they'll have him you know ready to go by the time it's it's ready to go. So. Yeah, I don't think much. I don't expect much to change in terms of the, the game plan. And then, it, because this was a quick turnaround from the last meeting, I mean, I think we've seen the Chiefs obviously add Omenahu. We feel like the last couple of games, Rashi yeah. Rice is, is, has taken on a new dynamic. Um, meanwhile, the Broncos, if they weren't in dire straits before, they got to be now with every single report of trade rumors involving just about everybody. Even if they're well, no one, no one will pay the price tag for. Pat Sertan, uh, those stories are all out there. And so they got a bunch of distractions to deal with too. Right. I think it's, uh, I think it's pretty obvious. Like what this team is, they lose today. The division is officially closed. 
They lose today. The wild card race is closed because we see all the teams that are fighting for a wild card spot, like Buffalo and Miami. One team's going to win that division. The other one's going to wild card. You look at the AFC North. One team's going to win that division. The other team's going to get the wild card, if not two others. And then the divisions in the South and the West are over. And then you're out of time and out of luck. So the one thing I am kind of hoping for today, Kling, and I, it's it's my wish for the day. I'd love a shutout. And I think this defense can do it. I don't know what Russell Wilson can do in the snow. I know their lead back last time they played didn't even have 60 yards rushing. Russell Wilson didn't even throw for 100 yards passing. Um, their leading wide receiver didn't have 50 yards receiving. This offense sucks. Their head coach, is, it, it, the game has passed them. There's, there's inclement weather conditions. Do you, is this, if you're going to get a shutout, is this the week to do it? Because I think every Chiefs fan would love to see the Donkeys get absolutely blanked. Yeah, I mean, those are hard to predict too, right, at the front end. But I'll tell you what, I know talking to the Chiefs defenders after the last matchup, they were really and, – and right on the sideline after the, the one and only score, they were pissed. And they were mad about it in the locker room after it too. Um, discussing like, yeah, we, we're really upset we gave up a score <laughs> in, that, in that first meeting. And so I, I got to mention that's on their board is, yeah, we'd love to check this off as a game that you could go out there and, and get somebody – uh, based on based on how they reacted, I thought to the first meeting. Kling, uh, stay warm out there. I'll let you get back to your business. I know you got a busy day ahead, and you got uh, you got DJ on the morning at seven thirty when you get back to Kansas City for Fesco in the morning. Other than that, if you got anything else you want to talk about, if not, we'll uh, we will uh, we will uh, go our separate ways, and I'll let you have a good day in Denver. No, it should be it should be fun today. Let's look for it. seventeen. This will be seventeen straight, um, mm-hmm. thirteen straight for Mahomes against the Broncos. Seventeen straight. Uh, no, there's no need to end this streak right now, especially today. Let's go ahead and get a win and get out. All right, Kling, stay safe, stay warm, and we'll hear you on Monday morning on Fesco in the morning. Sounds good. Josh Klingler, Chiefs Radio Network sideline reporter. You can hear him uh, pregame on this station as they simulcast this with 106.5 The Wolf. Then if you switch over to our sister station, 106.5 The Wolf, during the game, Mitch Holtz is standing Hughes always go down and get a report from him for injuries, for anything that's uh, gone awry. Uh, also, he joins Jay Binkley, who will join us at 1130 to wrap up the show. Um, and Jay Binkley, he does the Arrowhead Pride postgame show where Kling and Pete Sweeney will join him in postgame. He he talked about a little about the snow game. Uh, we have some audio, obviously, from the past, but also some numbers about the last time Patrick Mahomes played in Denver with the snow. We'll keep you updated on what the injury report is, and we'll do some more of that on After Hours on 610 Sports Radio. A16 effing technology. Thanks for getting back. Yeah, I don't know, man. But hey, Sunday. Sure, eventually you can find this show. Just <laughs> coincidentally download the Odyssey app, and hopefully it works. Uh, look for the after hours program. So, uh, you know, try to do that for you. Dusty, can we find a moment to talk about the perfection that is the new Blink 182 album? Uh, again, I've only listened to it once. I have already bought my tickets for. The August 9th show, so can't wait for that. Um, I don't really have a strong opinion on it, um, but, uh, you know, you can always DM me on Twitter, and I'll go back and forth with the conversation. I do like uh, Fell in Love. I love the interlude because it sounds like uh, an Angels and Airwaves song, and then there's a song in there that was meant to be on the Boxcar Racer soundtrack, uh, or the the, art, the album that was that one, but uh, it didn't. Uh, it didn't make it, and they redid it in their 50s. So there is that, too. Um this was Nate Taylor on the idea of this is a, if this is a trap game. I love the idea of a trap game, but I don't know. Can it be a trap game when you beat them 16 times? I don't know. I mean, I guess 
for that reason, I, I, I can see arguing both sides, right? For that reason, sure, you've already you've shown dominance. They haven't come close to really beating you in any of these 16 games outside of, like, I don't know, back when Alex Smith was a quarterback and that first, you know, primetime game for Mahomes in 2018. But, yeah, like, the Broncos, in my opinion, have no reason to play Patrick Sertan, have no reason to suit up Jerry, Jerry Judy. Uh, if Cortland Sutton wants to go somewhere, then he could just rest and be ready to be traded on Tuesday. Um, so the way the schedule played out and the way the season's gone so far, I don't even know if the Broncos are like super duper incentivized to win because they need picks for all the things you mentioned earlier, which is they have been poorly managed for quite a while. Poorly managed indeed. They've also ran into a monster that is Patrick Mahomes, unfortunately. Uh, this is from Mackenzie Webb. She tweeted this on the X platform. The uh, last time she saw the Broncos in a snow game was week 15 in 2019. Now, Patrick Mahomes didn't have the flu. Um, but Patrick Mahomes threw for 340 yards, two touchdowns. Travis Kelsey had 11 receptions for 142 yards. Uh, these two are big snow game guys. Excuse me. And this matchup will be fun with the snow in the forecast for this game. So, again, Mahomes last time was 342 touchdowns. Kelsey had 11 for 142. Last time there was snow was in week 15 in 2019 in Denver. Here's the deal. Okay. Here's the deal. When it comes to this Denver Broncos team, there's a lot more lost than there is found within this franchise. Um, they don't have a franchise quarterback, and unfortunately for them, they put a lot of money and a lot of risk into that, and it did not pay off. Some thought, oh, well, maybe Russell just has, you know, an issue. Maybe Russell just didn't really click with Nathaniel Hackett. Maybe that's, you know, maybe that's why it didn't work. No, I, 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 don't, I don't think that that's true. I think uh, I think the problem with this is what I'm about to play for you, which is Mark Shalareth, who is a homer of a Denver fan, offensive lineman during their Super Bowl years in 97 and 98, um, always has been hard on the Chiefs, always been big on the Broncos, and here's the deal. There's no leadership. There's no, I want to run through the wall for that guy, right? Restaurants collapse when general managers aren't strong. When you don't have a staff that will run for that guy, construction sites, they go down or they don't get done on time when the project manager isn't, you know, helpful, appreciated, respected, and where you're like, you know what, I'll get up at 6 o'clock in the freezing cold during February and go work for that guy. Hell yeah, I will. Absolutely. Mark Shalaris, audio on what's going on in Denver. I would be shocked if Russell Wilson makes it past this year, if he's the quarterback of the Denver Broncos next year, I I would be shocked. And it's not that Russell Wilson is playing terrible football. I mean, Thursday night, notwithstanding, he was bad Thursday night, but it's not that he's playing terrible football, but he's not playing winning football and he's not elevating the players around him. And so from that standpoint, I think it's time to clean house and it's time to, you know, get new players. Here's my, Here's my point that I talk about on my radio show and on my podcast, Paul Colin, is, all right, so it was Vance Joseph, and it was Vance Joseph's coordinators. It was, uh, you know, it was uh, Bill Musgrave and, and Mike McCoy. Oh, wait, no, it wasn't. It was uh, Vic Fangio, and it's his offensive coordinators. It was uh, Rich Scangarello, and it was, uh, you know, uh, um, 
Pat Shermer. Oh wait, no, that's not it. It was Nathaniel Hackett and and the and the clown show they brought in. That was the problem. Uh, oh no, wait, no. Now it's Sean Payton. It's he's the problem. At some point, don't you have to point to the players and say our players aren't good enough? We don't have good enough players. We don't have guys that are professional. And I say this all the time: just because you play a pro sport doesn't make you a professional. And the bottom line is they don't have enough professional football players on their roster. So at some point it's time to move off those players and get different players. So again, that was Mark Shalareth joining Colin Cowherd's podcast. And those are pretty powerful words, right? Those are, those are things that, you know, guys that are around that team and guys that follow that team, that's what they do, right? They live, eat, breathe, everything. Denver Broncos. And I do think that in the NFL, it is tough, you know, to go from a team, get a lot of money and give up after two years. Look, Denver was the laughing stock of the NFL last year, right? This year you can say it's the Panthers, but everyone knows what the Panthers were, right? New head coach, rookie quarterback, all of that is a wait and see process. Russell Wilson did this last year, and he's doing it again this year. And people will say, well, Russell Wilson's numbers aren't that bad this year. You know, Russell Wilson's been better than he was last year. Maybe, but he's still not good. And the other problem that Russell Wilson has, in my opinion, is that he doesn't have a leadership sort of concept. And this goes back to the Seattle days, right? That defense was the focal point of that entire franchise. It was Richard Sherman, Cam Chancellor, Bobby Wagner, Frank Clark, all those guys that led that team with the voice, right? It was that defense and those guys, those were who you heard, right? After games, it was Richard Seymour, you know, talking about how Michael Crabtree talked a whole bunch of bull junk and couldn't back it. It was was Cam Chancellor who was like, I'm going to hit you, and then I'm going to talk about it. It was never Russell Wilson was like, oh, yeah, this this team, that's what, you know. You know, it was never that. And when you look at what's happening in Denver, right, and again, I think that, you know, I think that Russ had a time in his career where he was a very good quarterback. That has long gone. And we did this earlier today. I gave you the numbers of Russell Wilson and Patrick Mahomes since they've both been starters in the NFL. Russell Wilson's thrown for 19,906 yards. Patrick Mahomes thrown for 26,000. Patrick Mahomes has a rating of 105. Russell Wilson has a rating of 86.4. There are two different quarterbacks that have played in this league in the last five years. Now, I get it. Mahomes is the best in the league and probably the best we've ever seen, but Russell Wilson is not good. Denver will not be good as long as he is their quarterback. Maybe it wasn't Nathaniel Hackett. Maybe it wasn't Vance Joseph. Maybe it wasn't Sean Payton. You can only do as much as your quarterback does for you. That's why Sam Fran kind of got away with, you know, the whole Trey Lance thing. Brock Purdy kind of came in, knew the system, worked the system well. He's been bad the last two weeks. I'll give you that. Been without Debo Samuel, a little bit without Christian McCaffrey. They've both kind of been injured this year. But either way you want to look at it, he hasn't been as bad as Russell Wilson. Because Russell Wilson does three things that are very, very, very upsetting. 
He's anti-motivational. He's super into himself, and he doesn't produce on the field. Those are three things that inside a locker room, they won't respect you, and they don't want to do that for you. Also, on the other side of that, last year he had his own office, has rules, is cringy. So, again, it's a bad disaster, and it couldn't happen to any franchise better than the Denver Broncos. John Elway, maybe stop doing this. Maybe get away from it. Let Walmart money try to fix themselves. Give Sean Payton a quarterback, and then we can ask if Sean Payton really is way past his time, but right now it appears so. Coming up on the other side, we finish up the last 30 minutes of After Hours on a Sunday with Jay Binkley. It's the Wolf and the Binkster on the other side on 610 Sports Radio. Just heard from uh, Josh Klingler about 15 minutes ago. Snow, not a lot of wind in Denver. Uh, Mahomes, obviously, the news that came out this morning, battling a flu. Uh, spiked in temperature yesterday, says he feels better today, and he just basically told the Chiefs training staff, hey, here's the deal, I'm definitely playing. So uh, I played with a dislocated ankle, a knee in the side of my leg. Um, I'll be all right. I'm going to play today in Denver, but there is uh, snow on the field. Kling said the wind is has kind of been a somber wind, but it's chilly. It's Denver fitting for like a December day in Kansas City, but uh, now joined by Jay Binkley, the uh, the football guru, uh, here at 610 Sports Radio. Bingley, how are you on this Sunday? This is like your kind of weather. It is. Still I'm, in shorts. Yeah, I know. It's, uh, you well, said it's, under 30 degrees, you'll, you, then you'll put shorts on. Maybe. You'll put pants on. Maybe. maybe. Okay. I got a pants rule. It's usually around 15 degrees. You've also got a jersey rule. You can't wear a jersey that's going yeah, to your spins. Yeah, if you're fat, don't wear okay. like quarterback jerseys. Or, so you couldn't wear a Rasheed Rice jersey if you were 250 pounds. If you're over 250, you should stick with linemen, okay. offensive, defensive, maybe go tight end. As well, but uh, load up, Dustman, on your uh, running backs today. Denver's the worst run defense in the NFL. Okay. Patrick Mahomes probably uh, give him a little bit more of a break throwing the football because he doesn't feel well, so load up on the run. Yeah, yeah. Uh, You know what I love about the text line is when you rip off like four or five guys on on a roster from years past, and then they remind you of somebody that you missed. Like, I was like, you know, Cam Chancellor, Bobby Wagner, Frank Clark, uh, Richard uh, Sherman, all those guys in Seattle. And somebody goes, Richard Seymour, question mark? Okay, then fine. Oh, Ron Parker. The Legion, <laughs> yeah, you want to put more Legion people of on Zoom. That? Yeah. Oh, God, so funny. But, um, all right, let's, let's talk a little bit about this matchup. Because the last time they played in pretty nice weather, obviously it was a short week. It's probably one of the most boring Chiefs games you've ever watched. They win 19-8. to they were up 16-0 to zero for three and, three and a half quarters. Russell Wilson didn't throw for 100. Not a receiver over 50 yards. Not a running back over 50 or over 60 yards. Really just a dominating performance on the defense. Bigly, what works better in snow, offense or defense? You know, it's hard to say. I would say offense only yeah. because um, these quarterbacks just don't struggle when the weather's bad. I mean, you think they are, like, you know, cautious with fantasy numbers when you see a lot of rain or snow. But the bottom line is receivers know where they're going. And defensive backs don't have that advantage. Right. Like if you're lined up with somebody, yeah, they know where they're going. You got to stop, start in the snow. That's why I'd give the advantage to the offense. Right. And even Mahomes back in the pocket, they're coming after him, and he steps up because then they slip. A lot of slipping goes on. So I would actually give the advantage to the offense. Yeah, I. It's tough for me because I see that because a lot of people think snow. Oh my God, you know, low numbers. Last time they played in Denver, 
we just talked about this on uh, on the last segment, but Mackenzie Webb, she tweeted out, last time the Chiefs played in snow was 2019 in Denver. Mahomes had 340 and two touchdowns. Kelsey had 11 for 142. Isn't the snow kind of gone, just cold at this point? It's just, it, like, I don't, maybe I'm weird, but I remember I would play basketball in my backyard. I had a great little area with, yeah. a, with a goal. And if it was, like, a little wet outside or, like, the grass was wet and you got the ball, like, you could add, it, it almost, like, added grip to it. And you almost felt better with, like, a damp grip on that on that basketball. And sometimes that football gets a little bit of a grip on it, too. And you're able to, you know, like Patrick Mahomes says, spit at anything. So I don't really worry about the snow when it comes to the Chiefs game. I just, I don't know what Russell Wilson can do. And Binkley, my narrative all week was just, just win this game. I don't care if you win it by two, by three, by 14 or 30. Win this game, get out of Denver, injury free, and and buck up for the real start of the season, which is Miami bye week Philadelphia after that. 100%. Just get the W. It's the only thing that matters when you look back at the score sheet. Did you win or lose the game? Looking at weather here now, Dustman, mm-hmm. it looks like 27 degrees around one, two, three, four. It's all about 27 degrees. Partly cloudy. It doesn't look like you're going to get much precip except maybe a one or two. It's 15% chance. But during the game, yeah. it's like 2% chance, 1% chance, 2% chance. Yeah, it's but for do, most it part, it. the game is going to be right about freezing. It's going to be 27 degrees, which will close to the freezing mark. So I don't think it'll affect them at all. Yeah, it's uh, – yeah, I mean, and there's no wind. It's just cold. It's that mountain brisk air. Like last night would have been wild. I don't know if you caught any of that uh, Air Force first Carlos State not. game, but it was snowing. It was great. Not. It was snow weather. It was perfect, man. Does anything get you more going south? than a snow game in football. No. Like, obviously, I know that, like, beautiful women will help out with that. But, like, yeah. a snow game in football against Denver and Kansas City, like, that's that's like a Binkley fantasy. I think snow and football just go hand-in-hand hand together. It's like beer and pizza. Snow and football, a little bit of Oktoberfest blend that you still have left until Tuesday before you make oh, the yeah. switch to winter beers. That Who's snow making is you perfect. switch to winter beers? Nobody makes me. I'll still drink a Modelo in the middle of winter. Hey, you know, I'm not very beer. stylish when it comes to anything. You know what? Stay true to you. Like whitey tidies, braided belts. You're still rocking uh, whitey tidies? I'll even wear pleats and pants. No, you won't. This is more room. Do you have the grip socks that you get in the hospital? No. Those are great. No. Those have saved my life. My socks times. are actually uh, would fit in uh, with modern society, but like pleats, what is that I- I've always liked those, man. Remember Harbaugh used to rock them all oh, the yeah. time and... You know, I kind of like the pleats and the braided belts will come back at some point. People say things don't come back. Well, hell, Bob bell bottoms came back. Fanny uh, packs are back. Yeah, the bright, yeah, fanny packs, the yeah. bright fluorescent shirts that Miami Vice rocked. You know what you know, never really died was the frat strap. Like that you put on the back of your glasses. Never died. Still around. Yeah. I still see people rocking it. Now, they're not all the green, neon, pink, you know, straps. These count with these. Uh, that's, a, that's a frat strap. Do these readers? Oh, yeah. That's, I think things will come back, but when it comes to beer, I'm very stylish. You're very stylish with beers? Very stylish with the season. Is there a you beer the you won't? Like, do you like sours? You know, I, I started off not being a big fan of them, but I kind of got into them. Nibbins and I, when we did the beer sours show. Sours are brutal. Like, he wouldn't drink IPAs. Uh-huh. And then gradually you put the training wheels on him, start with some New England IPAs or whatever. Yeah. Now Nibbins even has his own IPA that he made down at Red Sash Brewing. He collaborated with those guys. So now he has his own IPA. So sours I will drink. I don't prefer that. I prefer dark beer, to be honest with you. And this is a perfect season for it. Did you know that Henry Lake was in town? Did you know this? He was in town yesterday. Was he? I think it was Thursday. Did he stop and see you? He did. So I got him a bottle of Blanton's. He got me 
and he doesn't know this unless he's listening to the show. He got me a four pack of stout beers from Fulton Brewing. Did he stop by the studio? He was in passing. Because he usually, last time he came up, brought me a whole bunch of beer and clean stole it. He brought me stouts. You know me, man. Yeah. I don't drink stouts. We did a whole but beer now show. But ha- now I have to. We did a whole beer show with Henry. Henry joined us as a, a, a podcast type thing with CDOT, and it was all Henry's beers from Fulton. Mm. And he left me like a case or something. That's when uh, Kling thought, oh, well, I don't blame him because you see things around here and you just yeah, not, take them. Yeah, not normally a stout guy, but I have to drink these because it's a gift. I'm, I'm not a richer. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not that guy's like, content. oh, thanks, but yeah. keep it. It's only like 9%. Do you drink those cold? Yes. Okay. Um, speaking of cold, Chiefs game, obviously we talked about that in the snow. What is uh, what is your prediction on how this game goes? Do you see this being a – because I told Kling, and I'd said this earlier, I want to shut out. I want to shut out. They were so close last time they played Denver. I don't think Denver plays well in this weather. I think Denver knows the inevitable that if they lose this game, the obvious is the division's over. They lose this game. They're never going to win the wild card. It's too far gone. You can completely deflate this entire fan base, this entire franchise. Give me a shutout to literally just just end it. Yeah, you would hope for a shutout, and they did have well, one. Yeah, how do you, you see this game? Three quarters. I think the Chiefs will win. I think it'll be a 10-point Victory, some of the Chiefs. So they, I don't, cover I don't know. The, they cover the seven. Yeah, I, I don't exactly know how Mahomes will respond, like how sick he is yeah. in this game. So will they be in a situation where they're up? They will throw Blaine Gabbert into the game. But here's the thing with the Broncos. They're going to be the hottest commodity when it comes to trade deadline. The trade deadline's on, oh, coming yeah. up on Tuesday. So I think a lot of people on the Broncos will be looking for individual stats. I'm worried the and Bills are going to come It does not help a team effort. It helps them individually, yeah. but not a team effort. I think a lot of guys are going to be looking out for themselves. I worry the Bills are going to call for Patrick Sertan. Well, they need him. Right? And, like, they're kind of in desperate need because they you don't look now, but they should have lost that Giants game. They did lose to the Patriots, and they let the Bucks hang around. The Bills are not where they need to be because they're hurt very, very severely on the defensive side. The Broncos have said they're not taking anything other than a first-round pick for Patrick Sertan. Yeah, and they want to get uh, big-time picks from Jerry Judy, too. Right. I think he, they ask asking too much for him. Would I, they call him a jag, just an average guy? Yeah, that's what the Steve Smith said. You, think, you agree with Steve Smith or you agree with Jerry Judy? I believe I agree with Steve Smith. Okay. Steve Smith's got, like, the best analysis when it comes to receivers. I mean, like he does. Like he, Can't believe he's not a Hall of Famer. Well, he, yeah, he should be. He does a lot <laughs> of uh, – he was on college game day, by the way, yesterday, too. Saw Utah. that, and then he brought it back up again, and the crowd was saying, F Jerry Judy. But the one thing about uh, Steve Utah. Smith is he, like, really grades the receivers coming out. Like, he knows a ton about them and gives right. advice to them. I think he's even given Rasheed Rice a bunch of advice as well because he'll take the advice uh, from Steve Smith, who is one of the best ever at the position. Yeah. Um. Okay. Okay. You know, you have post game coming up, but you got time for another segment? Yeah. I want to talk about college football. Let's do it. I think I finally am at your level of why college football is what it is to you. That's what we've been talking about. The, I know. the, the insatiable desire of college football. And you know what? Dion in Colorado, I think it's something to next, do with interest. Next thing you know, I'll be drinking Porter stouts, peanut butter beers. Cause somebody on the text line says it's wild. You drink whiskey, but not stouts. I find those natural segues to each other. Well, bourbon barrel beer would be for you. I've had the, I've had that uh, on the other you. side. I want to talk college football with, with a guy that, that loves nothing more than beer, pizza, women, and college football. So it's all there. Stay tuned. This is After Hours on 610 Sports Radio. Back here, final segment on After Hours. Dusty Leggins with you, Jay Binkley, Binkley with you as well. Quentin uh, in the area as well. Um, yeah, he's in the vicinity. In the area. He's in the vicinity. He's in the area. I can see him. Yeah. He's got, Hi, that, he's got that lumberjack beard, man. 
He's rocking the Royals cap. If that ain't a flavor saver, that's like a that, that's way more than a flavor saver. It's a full meal saver. Oh my god. Yeah, there god. you go. Oh. Hey, you know what though? It's yeah. scarf season. I don't gotta wear a scarf now. Mm, you might have to wear a scarf. Box all of it. Do you wear scarves? Of course. Really? Yeah. I don't think I ever have. Binkley, you wear shorts. I don't think that this is a conversation you can be a part I, of. I, I do own gloves. You give me trouble about my skinny jeans. You knew I wore scarves. You know, I tried on jeans the other day because yeah. I was like, you know what? I might need these in the winter. Yeah. Tried to coat on, just make sure everything fit, you know, just to, mm-hmm. and I do carry it in the car. Like yeah. I will carry like breakaway sweats. You should. Yeah. Dad only said that, you, you know, to have sweats still. The ones that have the button from the hip yeah. to the feet. Oh my God. Well, here's the thing though. I never wear them, but I put them in the car just in case, you know, something happens. I can throw them on. Yeah. We were always afraid to wear those because you never knew who was going to come behind you and rip the buttons off. Yeah. And if you were wearing the tidy whities, man, you were done with yeah, the women. It's fine. I don't care about that, but uh, no, I don't care. You know, you're the side of the highway. No one's going to do that to me. Well, you think that'd be awesome. So you like, hey, nerd, <laughs> rip them off. Someone you're pulled over and, and you're like, oh, this guy's yeah. going to, this guy's going to help me. And he goes, get wrecked, nerd. And he just takes your pants. Yeah. But I will wear the stocking cap because I don't have much hair. Yeah. You're, you're pretty flat up top. Yeah. Thank you. I'm thick up top. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. I think you're keeping the show clean. I do. I'm just talking about hair. Um, so, college football yesterday. Dude, uh, bigly, I'm dead serious, man. I don't know if it's NIL deals. Quentin also mentioned the transfer portal. College football, to me, has never been as fun as it is right now. Obviously, we've got the bad news that college game day will be in Tuscaloosa next Saturday. So, Georgia <laughs> and, uh, and Mizzou will not be college game day. Um, but KU, huge win yesterday against Oklahoma. Um, K-State, 41-0 against Houston. They got the two quarterbacks rolling. College football is great. Local college football has not been this great my entire life. Now, again, 08 was fun, right? 08, 07 was fun when Mizzou KU were one and two, and Chase Daniel, Jeremy Macklin, all those guys are just, you know, balling out at Arrowhead back-to-back years. One year, Todd Reese is picking grass out of his helmet, and then the next year, Kerry uh, Meyer is, is catching a touchdown in the snow against Mizzou. Am I wrong? Is this Not only is this the best college football has been from an equality standpoint, but also the best it's been from a local standpoint with K-State, Mizzou, and Kansas? I think so. And, you know, Chris and I were talking about it a lot on character concerns about the interest in college football. And I, I know Dion in Colorado has been losing every game that they've been playing, but still the interest was there. They did have Kirk Herbstreet broadcasting their game against UCLA this past weekend. Mm-hmm. And so there is interest there. And I think a lot of people started paying more attention to college right. football because of Dion. Now, whether he wins or not, yeah, clearly that team's got some issues, but it's much better than Do it was. Do you believe now? But there are five teams in the mm-hmm. Big 12 with only one loss. Yeah. So there's a chance. In Kansas State, the way they're playing football right now, like Will mm-hmm. Howard, Chris Kleiman even said yesterday, he goes, I, I told him I don't think he's had a better game. The mm-hmm. key was that good. And they, they found a way to kind of work Avery Johnson in yeah. with Will Howard. Will Howard's still the guy in Manhattan. But the 82-3, to three, they've outscored their last two opponents. It's insane. It, it is weird that Oklahoma State has uh, beaten both Kansas and Kansas State. That is weird. They've won four straight. They finally got their quarterback that was at Texas Tech, Alan yeah. Bowman, then at Michigan. And he's been starting ever since that Kansas State game for Oklahoma State. They're the leading rusher in the nation. Mm-hmm. Ollie Gordon's his name. He's had 282 and like 271 in back-to-back games. But, yeah, it's weird that Oklahoma, Oklahoma State's a tough place to go play at. But you still have Kansas, Kansas State coming up. But the Big 12 is interesting. Missouri and their run and really hinges on what happens against Georgia. Georgia's played much better football now. They're actually pounding teams. And yeah. it didn't even matter that Brock Bowers, who has been everything for that football team the past two years, because Lad McConkey, the wide receiver, kind of took over 
for Georgia. But they've been looking good. Graham Mertz, uh, the local product, scored on them at the beginning. Then it was all Georgia from there. But it's a big game for Missouri. Going back to 2013 when Gary Pinkle kind of beat a, what, seventh-ranked Georgia team sure. to kind of put Missouri on the map. It was buried over on SEC Network, and it kind of gave Missouri that yeah. validity to, to be that good team. But they have all these teams great, and they have Kansas playing – Kansas State, excuse me, playing Missouri – and Missouri winning that game, that sparks some interest. But, no, we haven't seen it this good locally in a long time. And watching the Jayhawks yesterday as well was just kind of puts the icing on the cake that they're good too. Well, everybody's bowl eligible. K-State's they, got their sixth win. Kansas has their sixth win. Missouri's got seven wins, right? I mean, it's just like it's insane to see how it's been successful. And, like, I was asking Quentin, how do you rank the coaches? If how, I was to rank the coaches. The t- be, at, a, at a one through three. Lance Leipold, Kleinman, then Drinkwitz. Okay. I mean, not saying Drinkwitz hadn't done a great no, job. It's a, it's he a has. It's a tough ranking. But Leipold, from what he's doing, where that program was, mm-hmm. I mean, with, with, with Beatty setting them Selling back, Les the Miles setting them back, what yeah. they're doing with that program. And not only that, they're winning with a backup quarterback. Right. Like, that's the one thing those other schools aren't doing. They're winning. That was uh, Bean's fourth start. Right. They left seven points off the board and still beat Oklahoma. Not only that, they destroyed UCF that gave Oklahoma fits down in Norman a couple weeks ago, but they're winning with their backup quarterback, so I have to give some extra credit to that one. Do you think there was more juice in that game because it was a sellout big noon game or because it was Oklahoma's last game and Lawrence is a big 12 member? I think that's got to be there, right? The big noon kickoff I don't think was a huge deal. It's not college game day. It's just not. Um, So I I think there was some buzz, a little bit of buzz to that. Not a bunch. I know some people went out to it and they're like, this is not college game day, but they still went out anyway. It is just not. It is a knockoff of college game day, but it's still fun. And it still gives your program some spotlight. And Kansas, uh, one of five schools that have been on college game day and big noon kickoff in the last two years, which is impressive. I'd like to see that. That they've they've done that. But uh, no, I I think it was a chance. It was too bad they had that weather delay because a lot of the. uh, Students left. Holy, they hope. went to the bar to the frat house. I think they were still around, though, because they yeah. all went to Potter's Lake they with were the, uh, the goalposts. Yeah, they were. And they replaced those bad boys quick. Yeah, they go down there and they pull it out, and then they uh, – would you would – you No, they, they didn't use those. They had other ones. I know, but they'll pull that out of the lake. And yeah, they have goes. to just keep them there. Every good win, just keep them there. Yeah. They yeah. do, but I would just keep good, them there. It's a good little crappie nest. Yeah. I doubt there's crappie in that pond. Just let them uh, grow some algae, you know. Um, You know what impressed me yesterday? Oregon. They beat the snot out of Utah. And, and that game was in Utah. Utah is one of those tough, tough physical teams. They and, beat the ever-living snot out of Utah. And I do believe Oregon would have stood a better chance against Washington had not Dan Lanning not gone Brandon Staley yep, in that game. He did. Going for it all the time because they should have won that game. They he were did. a better team, to be honest with you. Uh, did you know that uh, Kyle Whittingham? That's supposed to be the game of the day yesterday. And you know Kyle Whittingham? All his uh, relatives and grandkids live near him. The head coach of Utah has yeah. won back-to-back Pac-12s. His son has been coaching with the Chiefs for the last six years. Nice. Nice. But he's great. But, yeah, but Oregon, Oregon's definitely one of those teams to look out for because you always wonder, okay, how good are they going to the Big Ten? Well, they just, Washington it's, did get the win over them, though. Yeah, I mean, that's because Washington's got that quarterback. Michael Penix. That kid's a stud. And Bo Nix at Oregon is certainly putting himself. Yeah, I Bo think top three of the Heisman now. Yeah, Bo Nix is 30. So, I mean, sure. I guess he gets a chance. Yeah, ESPN likes making fun of him, too. Fowler was calling him, what, 40 last night? He's 26, Binkley. Yeah. He's been in college football as many years as Justin Herbert. Well, he was been at Auburn and a lot of Iron Bowls, great Iron Bowls. He's been in college football. since they Justin Herbert and Bo Nix played together in college football. That's he's older than I am. Yeah. He's a quarterback. It's annoying. I hate it. I don't like it at all. Get out. You're not good. You're Makes it fun, be. though. Not really. 
Not really. It's, is it make it fun if I go play high school basketball and I'm 24 and they're all 18? What bothers you more, that Bo or Nicks. like a guy like JT Daniels that's playing starting a race who started at Georgia, yes. who started at uh, Pittsburgh, who started at USC? What was it? Brandon Whedon was like thir- 28 years old. Yeah, he but at least drafted. he had an excuse because he, he played, played some minor league baseball. Well, give it up. Pick a sport. I'm waiting for Bubba to come back, man. Oh, jeez. I'm not. I don't. I don't want any more Bubba Starling at all. Gardner Edgerton should have played. Should have played football. Had a full ride in Nebraska. I still put him in the top three high school athletes I've seen play. Even though they didn't win a state title at Gardner, he I mean he literally was like eighty yards every time he touched you the ball. Want, are you talking about just football players? Football players. The best I've ever seen in this Brandon town. Lloyd. Darren Sproles. Brandon, Brandon Lloyd. Lloyd's definitely in the top Brandon 10. Brandon Lloyd was so good. He could jump out of any gym. He set the high jump record at Blue Streets. Liddell Betts, obviously, is stud. Liddell Betts was a stud. But they, he was the Tony Temple at Rockhurst, what he was doing ever also since great. he was a freshman. I told you that was my greatest college or high school football but game. But Darren Sproles, the, I think Darren Sproles, honestly, he's the best to ever come out of Kansas City. That's. I mean, you're talking about a fringe Hall of Over Famer. Josh Freeman? Oh, 100%. Okay. Freeman was good. He's a, what? Uh, I don't know what he did in the pros. I know he went to the Tampa Bay Bucks. Well, but, Darren Sproles, I think, has had the to, best. Freeman went to Grandview. Sproles was obviously, I mean, had the best career in the NFL and probably the best college career at Iowa. Blue Springs High School. What is you know, you, you know, your boy went there, by the way. Darren, yeah. Somebody says Shieldhouse. We got a Rockers fan in the crowd. At you one, know, at one been, point, the Big Ten had three you know, starting quarterbacks you know, from the Kansas area. One of the best athletes ever come out of this area was Blaine Dalton. That kid was a stud, ruined it all in college. Blaine Dalton was a stud in high school. Went to three state championships. Could have did start as a freshman. Then they let the seniors start after that. Could have started all four years. Was on ESPN versus Shieldhouse in that game against Rockhurst. Lost a state title. Won a state title. I think he went to three. Lost two. Won one. Maybe he went to two. Won one. To me, it's still Darren when he was a youth. He and his mom used to move him up mm-hmm. a level, a grade level. Put it this way: he's sixth all time in all-purpose yardage in the NFL. Sixth. Mm-hmm. There's nobody better that's come out of Kansas City. Now the state of Kansas, you say Barry Sanders. Final score today. Uh, let me go 24-14 Chiefs. They're going to give up 14 points to the Broncos? 24-14. They're going to give up 14 points to the Broncos? It'll be garbage touchdowns. Okay. Quinn, what's your final score prediction? Real fast. Come on, real fast, real fast, real fast. Do it. Uh, 31-10. 31-10. All right. I'm going to say 28-0. Chiefs win in a shutout. I'm Dusty Likens. Thanks to Jay Beakley. Thanks to Josh Klingler. Quinn, thanks to you as always. Kansas City, go out and do nice things for people. It could change their week, month, or year. R.I.P. To Chandler from Friends, man. That, that kind of hits me a little bit deeper. Go do nice things for people. It's cool to care. Have a good Sunday. Love you, Kansas City.